the old intro video for the new show. Figured we'd uh, tidy things up, make a cool new little intro video for you guys. You might have seen it. We brought James Lynch aboard this past week, and he used it for the intro for his interview, which was a pretty fun one and interesting. Uh, did you end up watching the interview, Dan? I have not. Okay, well, Grant Dawson, uh, pretty interesting, had, spoke about sort of the UFC telling him, like, he wasn't supposed to be inactive, he wasn't injured or anything like that, but the UFC told him that he's a bit of a puzzle piece that is tough to fit into the mix, which is interesting because he's a guy who's riding a seven-fight winning streak, he's got one blemish on his record, and he's sitting outside of that top 15, but because he's not a name's name, yeah. Uh, he holds no notable wins uh, against ranked opponents. They just don't know what to do with him. That's a tough situation to be in. Right. And I mean, he is fighting coming up against Leonardo Santos. Uh, could be a very fun fight. And I think that if he gets a victory in this one, arguably should be fighting a ranked opponent with an eight fight winning streak and like, five or six in a row inside the octagon. Like it's unheard of that a guy goes that many wins and doesn't get a ranked opponent in the UFC. Yeah. That's hard to believe actually. Yeah. I mean, he was found on the contender series. I think the first season of the contender series a long time ago, man. It's at, at this point, I think you can safely say there are way too many fighters on the UFC's roster. Well, they did just cut a couple. I mean, we might as well kick things off with news since we're sort of going in that avenue. I mean, just uh, yesterday, uh, today is Thursday, so Wednesday, we learned that uh, Junior Dos Santos, former UFC heavyweight champion, as well as Alistair Overeem, contender for the title in uh, on like he's rising heavyweight contender for numerous years, has fought. Hundreds of fights, which included K1 kickboxing and whatnot. Both these guys cut from the organization. Uh, without saying that it should have happened, what were your thoughts on the fact that it did happen? Uh, sort of, I guess it's bringing the rise of a new generation through the UFC heavyweight division. To be completely honest with you, it surprises me that that happened. Because although there are a lot of young, talented heavyweights, relatively it's still a thin division. And Alistair Overeem is very much a known quantity and a named fighter. Uh, Junior Dos Santos is, is a former champion, like you said. Um, I was, I was, I've read, I don't know, um, that uh, Junior Dos Santos is just a month removed from getting knocked out. And they offered him a fight with uh, Tybura on next month's card. And he said no because. He hasn't been able to train since he's been knocked out and he wouldn't have a proper training camp. <laughs> so as an alternative to that, they fired him. Yeah, very interesting. As I said in the tweets, uh, fellas, if you guys are ladies, if you're listening, we're uh, holding a, running a little contest. So if you're listening to this, uh, get a comment in, get a question in. If we choose to throw it up on the screen, then we'll get it. Just wondering maybe if you have any perspective on Junior DeSantos or Alistair Overeem being cut from the UFC roster. Throw it in there. Maybe we'll throw it up on the screen. You could win yourself some MMA sucker swag. If not, feel free not to. I mean, it's completely up to you what you do with your fingers or your keyboard. But uh, we're here yapping and, and yapping along the way. 
but I was surprised with uh, the cut myself. I mean, it's not too often you hear about former heavyweight champions or former champions in general being released from the roster, um, especially at that point in their career. Like Junior DeSantos is is on the downward slope of his career. He's not going to be fighting for a title any longer, but he could be a guy that brings some of these younger fighters up and, and fights against them. The problem I see with that and, and the reasoning behind why the UFC would want to make this move is you can have is diminishing returns on your investment. Because they've been with the organization for so long, because he is a former champion, he commands a high salary. And at what point are you getting, you know, the money back on that investment? I, you can have and, two and at the same fight. time yeah, and at the same time arguably you don't want these young up and comers potentially losing to Junior Dos Santos. Or each other. That's the other side of it is yeah. you know, you do need somebody at that level who is not quite what they were, but still a name value to help build some of these younger guys, you know. So it's a it's a difficult situation for the UFC to be in. For sure but, is. And and the thing is is these two are going to bolster someone's heavyweight roster. Uh, it could be Bellator, it could be PFL, it could be one championship because they're looking to round out their heavyweight division for sure. The question comes into play, could it be one organization that picks up both these guys or are they too much in terms of their dollar value for one organization to be able to handle that? I, I don't know. To be honest with you, you look at the past relationship that uh, Alistair Oberim has with Scott Coker and Bellator seems like a natural fit. but. It, it's it's a hefty price tag, and you just have to wonder what you're getting for that for that money. Exactly, exactly. And uh, do either one of them contend for a title in another organization? Well, I mean, depending on where they go, sure. I think that uh, Alistair Overeem could uh, step into Bellator today and be a top ranked, you know, top five ranked heavyweight. Um, I don't know how I would pick him versus Ryan Bader, but I mean, Overeem certainly has a chance in that fight, as does Junior Dos Santos, in my opinion, in that fight. And I, I think mean, one- we, see, we see Brandon Vera, the one championship heavyweight champion. So, yeah, you never know. It's tough to say where they're going to end up and, and whether or not they both end up in the same place. Do you think we see it happen sooner rather than later? I think so. I think that with names, just because of the name value, I don't think people are going to want to sit on their hands for too long. I think that when someone like Alistair Overeem hits the open market, you you have to strike while the iron's you know hot. Yeah. And I think that he's. If I were, if I owned a, a promotion, he would certainly be the the one out of the two that I would want first. A hundred percent. I completely agree. Now, uh, moving away from the news, UFC 259, we got a little tiny card on our hands this weekend. We do. Three, three title fights. Easily, it could, I mean, we're in March, and this could easily be the card of the year already with the fact that we've got the three title fights. I can't believe they made this card and were able to hold on to it. Uh, well, knock on, on wood. Knocking on wood that it, it's going to hold uh, together, but... All the way from the top down to the bottom. I know you said some of these preliminary guys aren't necessarily names names, but I mean, we've got a killer preliminary card that's going to be televised. The UFC Fight Pass card is 
could arguably be good as well. But from the top to the bottom, we've got a stacked fight card. Let's talk the main card first uh, before we get into the, the prelims. But the, kicking off the main card, we got Tiago Santos against Alexander Rakic. This fight, light heavyweights. Man, I mean, so you think someone's going to sleep in this one or what? I do. I think someone goes to sleep here. Um, I think that it's it's going to be a good fight. I think that uh, it's a good fight to kick off the uh, televised, the, the pay-per-view portion of the card. I don't think you're going to need the judges for these two guys. No, not, not at all. I mean, <laughs> we know they both throw leather. We know that uh, they... They don't like to be in the cage all too long. So, yeah, who are you picking? Ugh. This is a tough one for me. I, my, it's kind of one of those things where my head tells me to take uh, to take uh, Alexander Ratchik, but my heart says go with Diego Santos. He's two fights removed from that fight with uh, John Jones, of course, where he wrecked his knees beyond all you know considerable use. And then in his return fight, he fought someone who's super tough and, and durable. And, you know, and it, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Santos, but neither outcome would, would shock me. I'm going to go with Rakic. I think that he takes this one. I think someone goes to sleep, like we were saying, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens early. I, I, we're both opposite on this one, and, and I usually love it when it happens that way. So... Uh, it's nice to, to be on opposite ends of the spectrum for this one. The next fight, 155 pounds, lightweight matchup between Islam Makachev and Drew Dober. Now, if you're going by the odds makers, you're going to pick Makachev, but Drew Dober surprises people when he steps inside the cage because he's so durable. He can take punches, he can land punches, and he's unorthodox as well. Uh, this is a fun fight, uh, not necessarily on paper, but it's a fun fight when you look at the names that are inside the octagon. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Dan? I like Drew Dober to win this fight. Um, I know he's the odds-on uh, underdog to win the fight. Uh, I should say not the odds-on underdog. He's the underdog. <laughs> to to uh, I did the breakdown on this fight for the website. And uh, I like Drew Dober an awful lot, man. I think that... He is continuously improving every time he gets into the octagon now. And I, I see I see him as a potential future candidate for a championship fight at 155. Really? I, yeah, I, I think Drew Dober is on the come up. And in order for that to happen, he has to he has to win this fight, obviously. And I think he does. Wow. Those are uh that's a strong statement. I'm gonna take Makachev in this one. Uh just because I can. I mean, as I said, Drew Dober is unorthodox. He can pick up the victory anywhere. He can get the submission. He can get the knockout. He can push the pace and get the decision. These two guys are so closely ranked in uh, the lightweight as uh, worldwide on topology as well, 12 and 13 worldwide. So well-matched, but I just think that he, the Russian's going to have a little more uh, for Drew Dober than he has for him. So I'm going to take the Russian. Look at that. Again, opposite ends, opposite ends of the spectrum for this one. I'm going to go as far as to say this will be fight of the night, too. There you go. You have it here. 50K for Drew Dober and Islam Makachev. All right. First title fight on our hands. 135-pound bantamweight championship. Champion Peter Yan takes on Aljamain Sterling. I'll kick things off with this one. I think Sterling has looked the best he has 
over the course of the last few fights. He's the number one contender. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think we are going to hear and new from Mr. Buffer. We are once again on opposite sides of the fence. <laughs> and and I, if I'm going to be honest, I think there's only one fight on the main card that we're going to agree on. And it, it's not this one. I think Peter Yan is just a machine. He's just an animal. And uh, as much as I would like for Aljo to win, I don't think he does. I think he's going to get ground up. His legs are going to get chopped out. And uh, Peter Yan wins the fight. Early? You think You think he finishes him? Nope, nope, nope. Well, he could finish him, but if he does, it'll be like in the fourth or fifth, in my opinion. Fair enough. Yeah, I, th I think Aljo's going to just grind it out. I think he's going to be able to keep him on his back. I, I think, I don't know, man. I think he's looked so good. He has. And, and I just don't see... I mean, he's a guy who's needed a title shot. Maybe he could have gotten a title shot two fights ago. Uh, he was being overlooked in the division. But he's, you know, knee bar against Cody Stamen. Decision against Jimmy Rivera. Decision against Pedro Munoz. Rear naked choke against Corey Sanhagen. Like, the names that he's beaten are so amazing. I know Peter Yan is on a different level than those guys, but I just see Aljamain uh, turning the table here from that last loss on his record and, and continuing the win streak. So we'll see how it goes. But again, opposite ends of the spectrum. I like it. I believe this next fight is the one that we're going to agree on. UFC featherweight championship. The women are in the cage. 145 pounds. Amanda Nunez puts the title on the line against Megan Anderson. Dan... Who are you picking? <laughs> Unless the opponent is King Kong on cocaine, I'm going with uh, Amanda Nunez. <laughs> All the time. Every time for here on out. Yeah? Every time, eh? Regardless of who it is. There's nobody. Nobody out there that beats her. Interesting. Uh, would you place money on, uh, on Megan Anderson? No. <laughs> no? No, no. I, I think that she offers next to no challenge for Amanda Nunez. I understand that the concept that we haven't seen Amanda Nunez fight somebody that's six feet tall before, but I don't think that's going to be a factor. I think that Nunez is going to walk through her and take her out. I, I would not put a dollar on despite the odds. Plus 750 as we speak, and I guarantee you those odds will go up. <laughs> it could be plus 7,500, and I'm not taking a dollar out of my At, wallet. On a dollar? <laughs> nope. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, guess what? I'm picking Amanda Nunez as well, but I might throw a 20 on Megan Anderson just because. You might or you already have? No, I haven't yet. I swear. I haven't yet, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's very slim pickings for her to like she'd have to clip her from way back the re i don't even know their reach advantage let's look at this like do we even have it uh 70 so she's got a three inch reach advantage which isn't a lot because that's half an inch or an inch and a half on each arm not so enough really it's not enough to land from the outside but her legs you never know you never know so maybe i might Ooh. throw something who is who has she displayed the ability to knock out before with one shot? 
Uh, not very many people. She's shown her ground game, which is decent. She lost to Felicia Spencer. She lost to Holly Holm. Obviously, she won, you know, in Invicta against, like, her wins do come by stoppage. I'll say that. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think she gets the stoppage victory. I think that if it happens, it's going to be like a weird flash dropping or she's able to throw up a, a wild submission from her back, which again, slim pickings. Main event on our hands, Jan Blahovich takes on middleweight champion Israel Adesanya looking to become the two division champion. Interestingly enough, coming into this fight, Izzy is the minus 230 favorite against the champion Blahovich, who's a plus 185 underdog. I'm thinking that if you're saying that we are on opposite ends of the spectrum with everything other than the Amanda Nunez fight, guessing you're picking Blahovich in this one. I am indeed. Knockout. Explain yourself. Too much power, too much reach, just too strong. Um, it's a different animal. Two hundred five is a different animal, and uh, I don't, I don't think that Adonia has the power necessarily to stop Jan. I think that Jan does have the power to stop him, and I think that he knocks him out. I think that, uh, I mean, he's just ridiculously strong and heavy-handed. He is. We've seen him finish guys with like wilting power it, it's crazy yeah. um i'm i'm gonna pick izzy i i i have picked against him in the past and he's one of those guys you know like that i always say like nate diaz another guy for instance who i've picked against in the past and i'm always like why the fuck do i pick against these guys and i've picked against them and i've picked against them and i've picked against them and they constantly surprise me this time I'm going to turn around. I'm going to take Izzy. I think he's just going to pick him apart from the outside. Uh, I do think his face might end up the way it did after he fought. Uh, I'm mistaken. You know, when he had the fight, every other fight he's had, he has come out unblemished. But he had a fight where he came out with scars and bruises and his face was battered. Um, but I think that's what's going to happen in this fight. I think that he's going to get picked apart. But I think that his uh, consistency, I think that his tenacity, I think that his reach, I think that he's going to just be able to get enough to get the job done. I think it will go to the judges. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited to see the fight, which is nice. Yeah, it's about but, time, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy night of fights. Anytime you've got like Dom or uh, Dominic Cruz and Joe Benavidez on the prelims, you know you're in for a special night. So, exactly. Let's talk about the prelims then. Uh, we can go all the way down to. I don't know how many are going to be on the UFC Fight Pass prelims, but I think all but two or three. I think. Oh yeah. The one fight, I, there's a few fights on the prelims that I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Sean Brady versus Jake Matthews. Sean Brady is our MMA sucker prospect of the month, number one for uh, for March. And Sean Brady is 13-0 and in his professional career. Jake Matthews, we know what he's done. He was on Tough Nations uh, from Australia. 
fantastic fighter. I think Sean Brady becomes 14 and 0 after this and is a serious threat in the welterweight division. This is a fun fight. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that fight as well. I'm not as familiar with Sean Brady as you are. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the next fight that I'm looking forward to, last one standing, this is my pick. Oh, I, I like a, it. It'd be a tough one. Carlos Ulberg is my pick for last one standing. He's taking on Kennedy Neschuku. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced that properly at all, but this could be a tough one. I mean, I might get eliminated with this one because Ulberg is one of those guys that's in the octagon at 3-0. and you do not yeah, make, see that very often. You no, never see guys with that few fights, but he has impressed to say the least. Kennedy is uh, seven and one and feared inside the octagon as well. So I went out on a limb and I took this guy just because I feel like not many other people may take him. And I want to be sort of not in that big bunch if a big guy gets dropped off the radar. And we did have, uh, last week there was a temptation and the guy won the temptation. Uh, he had to take a minus or a plus 175 underdog with all of his picks. If he had more than one pick, I believe. And if he took it and he won, then this week he could take anybody on the fight card off the roster for everybody else, but he was allowed to take them. So he took wow. Amanda Nunez, he took Amanda Nunez off the roster for everybody. That makes sense. So pretty cool temptation. He Carlos Ulberg is the guy that I took. I was gonna take Sean Brady, but Jake Matthews could play a part in you know blemishing that record. There's a few other guys on the card that I was interested in. I was contemplated taking an underdog, I believe. Kyler Phillips and Yadong Song. Either one of those guys could win that fight. That's a very, very fun matchup as well. Yeah, uh, but talking, you know, preliminary fights, Tim Elliott, way, way down on the prelims. This guy fought Demetrius Johnson and had probably the biggest banger of a fight against DJ inside the octagon other than Ian McCall, which is hilarious because, like, two guys that weren't even huge names in the UFC gave DJ the toughest time ian mccall came in obviously he was huge name outside the octagon and then this was the first time we saw the 125 pounders but uncle creepy gave him creeps and that fight could have gone either way and uh tim tim elliott almost tapped him out at on a few occasions just because he's so tricky he's taking on jordan espinoza this is a fantastic fight and like you said that main card fight could be fight of the night this one could be fight of the night man there are so many cards or so many fights on the prelims that could be fight of the night yeah this is a this is a fun fight um i like tim elliott i've always liked tim elliott i like the way he fights i like uh jordan espinoza i think he's probably all around a better fighter but this this is going to be an absolute fun fight i'm looking forward to it Quite a bit. Tim Tim just doesn't care, man. He does whatever no. the hell he wants inside the octagon. You can't you can't train for a guy like Tim Elliott. No, he is a honey badger. One hundred percent. Does uh, what he wants. Julia Union throws in massive fight card. If you're still in here, buddy, what what's the fight of the night for you? Uh, if you don't answer, I don't care. But let me know who's the fight of the night for you, Julia Union. Uh, you said Joseph Benavidez on the undercard. This one. 
Oh, man. I hate to say it, but I don't think he's picking up a victory in this fight unless he lands a flash knockout because Askar Askarov is on another level. How dare you, sir? <laughs> you think you think Joe Bocop uh, picks this one up? Well, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> but just put some respect on his name, buddy. He's got That's... the best nicknames in the game. I mean, what what can you call it? Like 25 different nicknames. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Joey B. I like him. Always have. Always will. Um, loyal to his tough... team as well. <laughs> this, yeah, so loyal. This is a tough, tough fight for him, though. You're right. It is. But uh, I'm not going to make a pick out of respect for him. Fair enough. Okay, let's talk one other fight on the prelims, then. It's the featured fight on the preliminary card. Again, another fight that could be fight of the night. Former bantamweight champ Dominic Cruz takes on Casey Kenny. This one could go either way. This one, uh, man. I, I don't even want to pick someone in this fight because like I'm a huge Dominic Cruz fan. I feel like it could be a tough fight for him against Casey Kenny because he's another guy, much like Tim Elliott, who's very unpredictable in the cage. We know he has a great ground game. Dominic Cruz has relentless wrestling, comes in from different angles. It's going to be – the pace of this fight is going to be fucking crazy. I just I – just... Don't know exactly what we're gonna get out of Dom Cruz. Um, you know his uh, injuries and how long it's been since he's been in the cage and everything else. I mean, it'll be almost a year since his last fight, and of course he's lost a couple in a row now, going back to Cody Garbrandt. It's funny because if you look, his last fight was to Henry Cejudo, and then if you go to the fight before that, it was all the way back in December of 2016. Yeah, but how many times did he fight in between there as well, right? Like once maybe. Zero. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's hard to know exactly what you're going to be getting in, in terms of Dominic Cruz. If you're getting the healthy, uh, just ridiculously fast and, and, you know, the cardio machine that used to be Dom Cruz, I put him, I, I won't rule him out versus anybody. You know what I no. mean? But uh, I just don't know which one we're going to get. Kenny is is a very tough, tough fighter. He hasn't been in there with anyone at the level of uh, Dominic Cruz. So I just, I, I just don't know exactly what to expect out of this. I hope that we see the the best version of Dominic Cruz, and if we do, that'll be good enough for me. I'll be happy with that. A win for Casey Kenny puts him in the rankings, which is nice because it does. He, he would deserve that. Um, fun fighter to watch. Uh, again, Dominic Cruz, a guy who is very, very hard to pick against. He arguably the, some of the best footwork in the entire UFC. Uh, for sure. Comes in at weird, weird, weird angles. Uh, had fantastic fights against TJ Dillashaw. Fantastic fights against Cody Garbrandt. I mean, Garbrandt used basically dominant Cruz style footwork against him. It, it that was a thing of beauty. But dominant Cruz is just dominant Cruz. Like if he is healthy and his knees are good, then this guy will come at you from every angle in the book. Yeah. I'm I'm just excited to see and I just hope that it's a good version of dominant Cruz. For sure. 
So you picked your fight of the night. If you if you're looking at this card and you were to take a last one standing pick, who would it be? Well, that's a good question. Well, if I could have anyone, I would take Amanda Nunez. Yeah. I think she's as sure a thing as there is in the sport. Um, if I couldn't take her, if she was off the table to me, it's tough, man. I'm just going down the list. I'm looking. I don't see anyone that I'd feel super overwhelmingly safe with. I know no. who. I, I don't know who it would be. It would probably have to be for me, Peter Yan, maybe. Yeah, I I think it's such a tough one as well. I think, like, if I were to, if I, as I said, if I were to take anyone else, I was thinking going with an underdog. But, again, that's tough because to take an underdog this year in last one standing, it's not any underdog. The guy has to be under a plus 150. So a plus 150 or or higher. Yeah. I can tell you who I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take who you took. No? No. He's a minus two thirty favorite, so I liked that. <laughs> My problem with him is that he's only fought three times, and then he's been fighting more kickboxing than he has MMA. Yes, three of his yeah. last four fights have been kickboxing, and the only fight we've ever seen him fight was on the Contender Series, where he stopped Bruno uh, Oliveira. But Bruno Oliveira has now been stopped two or three times in a row too. So. True. The other we guy, don't... obviously, was Sean Brady. But as I said, Jake Matthews, I mean, we know he's durable, and he, he could pick up a victory against yeah, that's anybody, a, really. That's, that's a scary proposition there, too. So the other the other one was looking way down on the prelims then was Lavina Souza. That's a, I could see that pick being... As an, as, an under, as an underdog, it gets me an extra pick if she wins. She's the ranked fighter. She's a plus 172 dog. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, it's just it's a tough card, man. They did it their, is. they really put together a good even undercard. That they did. All right, let's go over some of the stuff at MMAsucker dot com. I'll share the screen. We'll go over it. We've got UFC previews for. What every fight on the UFC two fifty nine main card. Uh, the I think we're still waiting on one. Okay, the pre-fight press conference went down today. Unfortunately, I was at work. I didn't get to see any of that stuff. We've got a cool article about Pedro Munoz praising the calf kicks after his UFC victory over Jimmy Rivera. Those were notably the thing that changed the table and uh, changed the course of the fight for Pedro Munoz. PFL stating that they will be held in a state-of-the-art bubble in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, pretty cool that they've got their own little bubble there. So much like the UFC, they'll have a little state-of-the-art bubble, but uh, there's training camp within that bubble. So cool on the PFL or for doing that. So we'll see how, how that Yeah, that'll out. be interesting. Yeah. Uh, all the lead cards or main events were announced for one on TNT. Uh, interesting to see how that'll work out. Obviously, us Canadians will likely still get to watch the card on YouTube or Bleacher Report Live because we do not get TNT up here in Canada. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. We'll have uh, results from that event. Yes, well. we will. And so a few other cool 
things on the card. As I said, the Grant and Dawson interview, we've got, we've got my buddy, Jason Weiner, who's the co-founder of Nutribolics. He's got a book out called let's go. You can check that out. Um, anything else you want to chat about, Dan? No, we've got event coverage all weekend. There's a bare knuckle event tomorrow night in, uh, Thailand that I'm debating doing results for. Bare knuckles always, uh, you know, I, I'll text you during a bare knuckle event and you'll be like, you know, better than that. So uh, I know how much you love bare knuckle. It's my happy uh, place. <laughs> better than the UFC sometimes. Uh, but Better weekend, than the UFC all the time. Maybe not this weekend. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I could be. Uh, this weekend they got a good one. Guess what? No MMA suck a swag one, folks. No one churned in an awesome question. So uh, next week, join us here on MMA Suck Alive. We'll put it out to you guys in the days leading up to the show. Uh, and we will try to give out some MMA suck a swag. If you haven't seen it, I will pull up the store once again for your viewing pleasure. We've got everything, as we've said, from phone cases to T-shirts to coffee mug coffee mugs to everything else jeremy's fanny pack fanny packs women's tights uh stickers different style stuff masks for you people that uh have to wear masks which is every single person in the entire world (laughs) wear your mask check out teespring.com slash stores slash mma sucka or check us out next week to win some swag that does it for this week of MMA Suck Alive. I'm Jeremy Brand. You can check me out on Twitter at JeremyBrand604, on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604. Dan Rose everywhere at Dan Rose MMA. Make sure you check out MMASucka.com, as well as MMA Sucka on Twitter at MMASucka or Instagram at MMA underscore Sucka. We've got cool stuff over there these days. And make sure you Click the like, subscribe, all that other stuff on YouTube. We'll have goodies from James Lynch over there as well. That does it for this week. Make sure you enjoy UFC 259.